if you document every single thing, first of all, that's making a lot more edit or uh, edit time for you later, which is not easy to sustain. But also, when does it essentially, when is it just then journalism uh, instead of making creative choices as like a filmmaker? So it's kind of important what you are not deciding to show just as much as it is what you are deciding to show and, and pushing myself to make choices and not just take the safe approach. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. Today on the Perspective Podcast, we're talking to McLean Carlson from Hello Tomorrow Films, based in British, British Columbia, Canada. McLean and his wife Erin, who is the other half of Hello Tomorrow Films, and who sadly can't join us today, uh, they don't consider themselves as wedding videographers. They think of themselves as wedding filmmakers, with a belief that weddings are more than just an event or a moment in time. It's a story about two people, who they are, how they got there, and where they're going. For the last 15 years, they've traveled all over the world creating wedding films for the raddest of humans. To them, a good story is much more than just a pretty set of images set to music. It's about people, journeys, and heart. We're going to find out all about how they do what they do in this episode, which is, of course, sponsored by With Jack, and you'll hear a little bit about that a little bit later, but Greg, hi, how you doing? What Hello, are we drinking? I am good, and we are drinking some Obadiah coffee, which is a roaster, that's a local, sort of local roaster to us from Edinburgh, it's a good Scottish roaster, and it's their Laguito Columbia uh, bean, which has rich and creamy vanilla qualities. Ooh. So hurry up and pour it. Although I'm going, I'm we're going. Making, we're making the mistake again of drinking coffee fairly late in the <laughs> evening. It's 6 p.m. here, so... Uh, living on the edge. Yeah. And we're joined by McLean. Hello, McLean. How are you doing? I am doing great, fellas. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's good to have it you. Has, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, honestly, I feel like this has been on the books for months now. <laughs> Uh, I think the first time we had to cancel because we had uh, a weekday wedding that just, you know, just booked. So we had to, uh, Greg, can you mute your phone, please? Oh my goodness. Tech issues. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. So uh, yeah, we had to cancel on you and then, you know, you got something uh, she had cancel on yes. us, but finally we're what, here. So I'm so excited. It's been, all these last it's minute and everything. <laughs> Dude, seriously, uh, it's been bananas, but I'm very glad that we can finally make this work. Yes. Thanks again for being flexible. No, oh, awesome. Are you are you drinking anything over there? Have you got yourself a warm cup I'm, of coffee or? I sure do. Yeah, it's uh, what time is it? It's 10 a.m. here in British Columbia, and I'm sitting down with some Salt Spring Island coffee, which is a local brand and. Yeah, I'm not a coffee snob, or do I know really anything? No, but um, <laughs> I enjoy a good cup of coffee. Does anyone really know anything at all, ever? <laughs> we're just blagging our way Touché. until we're dead. Yep, that's basically <laughs> my life mantra. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Blabbing our way until we're dead. <laughs> yeah, and uh, ov- obviously we're missing Aaron. Um, yes. That, that's all right. I know it's hard being Very parents. Sad. 
True. Yeah, we got a, a little six-month-old on our hands at the moment, and of course our nearly four-year-old, and life's a little crazy at the moment. So thanks. She wishes she could be here. She might pop in at one point, but... Uh, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, but most of the time, I don't think she'll be able to join. Yeah, no, I get it. Three kids over here, so... Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's crazy having this kind of job and being a father. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's a quite, quite the juggling mm. uh, <laughs> did I, achievement, I guess. Did I hear recently that you guys had your 10-year anniversary? That's right. Yeah, that oh. would have been in May. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Nice Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. uh, pretty crazy to think. And we've been together for 15 years, I think. Oh, so pretty wow. bananas. Yeah. yeah. A good adventure? An amazing adventure. And it's <laughs> been cool to have uh, that much history together, especially with Hello Tomorrow specifically. Like We started pretty pretty much like th- two months after we started dating <laughs> and yeah. thankfully oh, wow. it worked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that could have been awkward. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So what have you been up to recently? It's obviously a busy oh. time of year. Have you also been in keeping productive with that YouTube game? Oh man. The YouTube game has, has taken a backseat unfortunately at the moment, but yes, weddings have been <clears throat> super busy. Uh, as I'm sure you guys feel as well, uh, in re- restrictions here in BC have lifted a bit. So a few, um, maybe weddings ended up going forward. So that's kept us plenty busy. And then in the middle of it all, we decided to move. So that was fun. Oh, um, really? but we're Damn. all settled in now. Yeah. yeah. Is that, <laughs> it, was it a far move or was it? Uh, only about uh, half an hour from where we were uh, before, but it's actually Aaron's uh, childhood home that we were able to move into. So, oh, um, so nice. kind of cool that way. Yeah, yeah pretty cool. Actual, actual same home, like house. Yeah, wow, yeah. She cool. the one that she spent most of her time in. Yeah, so we thought that'd be cool for our kids to be able to grow up here too. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. Um, I am a, a subscriber to your YouTube channel. Uh, I noticed uh, you, you did. I, I noticed you came back. Was it earlier this year? You, you'd taken a little bit of hiatus. I'm, I'm obvious. I'm yep. assuming it was because you had a baby. And yes. you took a bit of a break. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, I I have watched your C seventy. Is it, a, is it versus R5 video? I've watched that about five I times. I do have that. No okay. way. Amazing. I'm a, I'm a bit of a fanboy of Canon. I just like Excellent. the way I work. The, the, I don't know. J- just the usability for me is just the way that I like to work with a camera. Same. But, you know, the, the for me, the R5 has some overheating issues. It's kind of um, mm-hmm. knocked that on the, on the t- to the side. Uh, but, yeah, yes. the C70 looks pretty interesting. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for the views. Um, <laughs> I hope that info was helpful. But yeah, it's uh, both cameras are great, and we this is our first summer shooting with both of them uh, every wedding, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're both really really great. And I agree, Canon. I, I've just been on Canon stuff for so long that it's basically muscle memory at this point. So I'm yeah. a fan of how they do things. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I got the chance to to watch your your calibrate workshop. That was awesome. Oh, you did? Really yeah. cool. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you very so much. I'm glad. I, I appreciate uh, that. I uh, I actually, one of my favorite moments is when Erin was talking about how she doesn't smile. So I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you got on my Instagram, uh, you know, 10 people the time and date, but I picked a photo specifically of you guys laughing your faces off just because <laughs> of that. Amazing. So I was like, yes. 
They do smile. It's <laughs> true. Perfect. Yeah. She'll be thrilled. <laughs> yes. Uh, funnily enough, you are a self-confessed weirdo in your own words. Dude. According to your website. 100%. <laughs> yeah, dude. So what makes We're, you weird, uh, pal? Because I also would describe myself as weird. I sing to myself when no one's around. Um, nice. You know, yeah, all, all just, just weird kind of stuff. What uh, makes you weird? Yep. Well, singing to yourself, that's a hallmark uh, sign for sure. Um, I think everyone's a bit weird. So when I say we're weird, it's more just our interests. Like, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard the term uh, Disney adult. Have you heard that before? I haven't, Online. but that's okay. a perfect description of me as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> but yeah, like we're we're just nerds with a few things. We really we're big Disneyland fans, which is uh, lame, but also awesome. And <laughs> Lord of the Rings fans and all that kind of stuff. And basically, if you hang out with us, we'll just be the whole time is just joke cracking and making uh, ourselves laugh, which others might find <laughs> weird, but that's all right. <laughs> You be you, man. You be you. Yeah, that's right. That's that's my other life motto. Yeah, and you, your website sort of it gets your sort of about you across as well because your your video, the about you video, is brilliant. Oh, thank I you. I don't know if you see enough of them these days. Like, I feel I some people sort of neglect that and just maybe post a quick picture and a f- paragraph, but mm. having the video just speaks to the audience a lot better. And I love stumbling across the, the credit for the images where it's by Shari and Mike. We, yes, yeah. We met those guys over in, was it Norway? No, Sweden. Sweden, yeah. Over in Sweden uh, a couple of years ago. Oh. Such a nice couple. Yeah. They're oh, all that's awesome. cool. Was, was that for Way Up North? Was it that was, yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Those guys are sweethearts. They're great. Yeah, lovely. Good people. Lo- lovely people, yeah. Been tra- I'm, yeah. You've been trying sure. to get them on the podcast, but obviously bit busy oh, with sure. children and... Yeah, true. COVID, I'll light the thing. fire under them though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're sweet, and that's yeah. I'm glad you said that about uh, like having about us videos because I I just think it's something that's so accessible to all of us because we all know how to make those kinds of films, um, and it's such a good first impression for couples. It definitely was a big change for us when we started doing that. Yeah, in fact, yeah, because you go on to talk about that in your Calibrate workshop, do you not? How that's it, right. Yeah. Yeah. How it changed your business. Yeah, big time. So what was the effect? It was basically like the best I can kind of describe it is before we put one of those out, we did have like pictures of us on our site, uh, but it was, they were kind of buried and, um, you know, there was a somewhat nondescriptive paragraph on us. And then uh, and couples, uh, when they inquired, it would primarily just be like, oh, cool. Like, what are your rates? And that was it. And then we'd get the ball rolling and then we'd get to know them and usually we'd hit it off. But um, after that video or a similar video was put up, uh, we started getting people like, oh, I love this stuff, too. And it just immediately launched us forward about, you know, two or three hangouts. And mm-hmm. it was just a really good way to get to know people quickly, especially with, you know, with a wedding and telling stories. You want to be able to know your characters really well. Yeah. And um, we found jumping to that in a natural and quick way was super helpful. So mm-hmm. uh, and then our inquiries changed to, um, yeah, just like more. Hey, you guys seem really cool and we love your work. Let's talk. Yeah, the community that we've kind of um, surrounded ourselves with is pretty much, I mean, a a whole host of wedding creatives, but a lot of them are photographers. And I feel like they might struggle with the knowledge of how to do this for themselves. 
Um, yes. So I find that you don't often see it. Um, obviously, one or two, and I, I uh, and I love the photographers that do incorporate video into their website because, um, mm-hmm. like you said, it just you just feel like you start to know them a bit better. Especially but, with photographers, that's a medium. Yeah, like you said, they don't necessarily uh, maybe have the knowledge to put those together. But if they do, it can just it's so great to just see people in that that way. Like Instagram yeah. stories have been great for that because it's allowed people to show themselves. Um, you know, from behind the camera and in video form, but to do it in a uh, a way with intention and a more polished feel, uh, as you know, in like an about film about us film, mm-hmm. um, it's just really powerful. Yeah, totally. Um, I am going to do a Q and A reminder just before we move on. Thank you very much for joining us on Clubhouse, guys. Um, if you're not listening live on Clubhouse and you aren't a member of our Patreon, uh, you are missing some amazing content on the table. Uh, that's where you can get access to the Q&As um, and any other bonus content that we create. Uh, you can uh, support us on patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate. The link is in the show notes. But Greg, push that button and let's get talking. You can go deep or as shallow as you like with this next question, but, and I have already given you an introduction, but from your own words, who are you and what do you do? Oh man, who am I? Okay, well, um, I am a husband, a father, and um, a weirdo, as I said before, (laughs) Um, and I... I guess the best way to describe what I do, or at least what I like to do most, is to tell stories, especially visually. Awesome. Yeah. And so earlier you mentioned that you started Hello Tomorrow two months into your relationship with Erin. What, <laughs> yeah. what got you into, <laughs> what made you sort of decide to do that? What was the sort of spark to go into wedding films? Great question. Yeah, so I started... So we met when I was around 18 and up and up until that point, I was, you know, super into video all growing up, loved making skate videos with friends and short comedy videos and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then right when Aaron and I had met, my sister was getting married and uh, she hired a videographer. And I remember that was the first I'd even heard of that sort of thing. And, and on the wedding day, I just found myself watching him the whole time and thinking that was a really cool way to, uh, to apply the video knowledge I would have uh, to a setting that was, um, you know, creatively free and open. Like there wasn't anyone telling you necessarily how to do things and um, you could just kind of express yourself um, and tell a story about the couple. But also being an 18 year old, I was like, cool camera gear and cool I can put music and it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was. <laughs> uh, but that, uh, yeah, so I did that. Uh, that was October 2006 that I think I started doing it, started doing weddings um, under the name Hello Tomorrow. Uh, before that, I had done a few, like, you know, people knew I was in the video, so I would do their, uh, like, cousins' weddings and that kind of thing. But it would just be, like, dad dad cam from the back, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it kind of, after Hello Tomorrow started, we kind of ended up kind of getting a name for ourselves somewhat quickly, at least in uh, locally here. Um and yeah, I would think, I think it was about two years uh, into it. I had the chance to go to film school 
uh, here in Vancouver. And that was really cool. And that's kind of where the approach to story kind of came in. Um, learning about that um, and applying that into weddings was kind of what changed our trajectory. Mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah. cool. Well, what was it like yeah. going to to uh, film school? Like, did you have the aspiration to do weddings? Did, did other people have aspirations to do weddings when they go to film school? Or in film school, did they kind of look down on wedding filmmaking? Or like, what, what was your general experience there? Yeah, um, I don't think anyone, at least that I ran into, ha- had done or was doing weddings. Um, my, weirdly, no one looked down on it, but my instructors really actually praised it. They were like, hey, this oh, what a great exercise in every way to be able to um, hone your craft and learn. Because essentially what it is is uh, two characters, uh, maybe a, maybe some other complimentary characters or supportive characters. Yeah. But um, And it's just like a great exercise in blocking and understanding natural light and understanding equipment and... Um, and that kind of made me start thinking about it differently because I wasn't sure what I was going to do coming out of film school. Um, but after I thought about it, I thought, well, let's see what this could be if uh, we really decided to focus on the story and not just montages. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, if you if you can get good at filming weddings, then that's just going to raise your sort of skill set for filmmaking as a whole because weddings cover every single element of photography eh, filmmaking pretty much yeah um, so true because you have to be a one man yeah, band yeah <laughs> absolutely so over those sort of 15 or so years that you've been working in wedding films you've shot sort of local weddings destinations elopements how would you say your business sort of breaks down where's is the majority local mm. the the majority is local around western canada for sure we we find ourselves in alberta which is one province over um, a fair bit. Um, we've kind of taken a backseat into accepting travel weddings uh, for since having kids. Um, but if you know the right one comes along, we will uh, hop on a plane or take a road trip somewhere for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, it's unfortunate because we're in Canada and the states is pretty. It's nice and close. You know, it's like a half hour drive away. But they're pretty strict on letting Canadians in to do any sort of weddings. So mm-hmm. um, travel kind of limits us to Canada or. If we want to take a big trip to like, we were very fortunate to go to Australia and Mexico and, and Iceland. Um, and hopefully we'll get back to those kind of places soon. Once the kids are a bit older. Yeah. yeah. Does that work the other way around? Is Canada as hard to get into film weddings for Americans? I've heard from some people that uh, some people think it's harder, which oh, right. is surprising to me, but um, I think it's pretty equal and there are legal ways to go about it, of course, but the, it kind of depends on, who you get at the border. You could just get a guy who's a grump that day and he'll yeah. turn your way. And by the time you figure it out, you've missed the wedding anyway. So, oh, God. so we I'm, try to avoid any kind of, you know, snafus like that. Yeah. Oh man. We've talked about destination weddings. We've not really, or, or even our community, not many of them have started going to the destination weddings because of Brexit and COVID obviously. Oh but it, yeah. it, it, it's such a, it was such a shit show to be honest and we've not really <laughs> gotten over covid enough to start like learning how to do the whole brexit thing so we're just like oh fucking just local oh, weddings <laughs> yeah so it's uh, yeah it's interesting well where you guys are located though i imagine at least like you said before covid were did, were a lot of your couples coming into scotland because it was like that's mm-hmm. such a destination it's on top yeah. of my list for sure 
Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I can't. Yeah. Eat, I can't a a really, really high percentage of our couples were Americans, Canadians, or people from sort of Asia coming over for the Scottish scenery and just gotcha. living that sort of dream. Yeah. We yeah, had a quiet year it. last year. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about what you actually offer your couples then. Okay. Because um, I always find it interesting. So some people offer the longer edits. And some people like to just focus on those shorter, tighter edits. Um, totally. Uh, yeah. What's your approach? There? Yeah. We uh, primarily offer two films uh, for that's kind of uh, standard in everything, every package we uh, offer to our couples. One uh, being a highlights film up to yeah around five-ish minutes long. Um, and we really advertise those as like, that's the main thing you're getting. This is the story-driven thing that you're going to be watching over and over that we put our heart and soul into. And then everyone also gets um, a documentary edit of their ceremony and speeches. Um, there are available add-ons to expand that film into more of a full-fledged like documentary of the whole day. Um, but we found just offering that from the get-go, it j- honestly, it's kind of just selfishly, I don't want to have the creative pressure to like, oh, I really love this moment. Can we make sure that's in the highlight? Instead, I want to be able to have complete creative freedom and then be like, oh, don't worry. Everything you could want is in the in the doc edit anyway. So yeah. it kind of frees me up. Yeah, right enough. So we, we, we don't do that. We offer the um, like a, a 15 to 20 minute highlight film. Uh, but but that's kind of that's the creative edit, and then nice. as add on, it's the ceremony and sp- speeches as separate films. But right enough, you have like we have had couples come back and say, "Oh, can you add this in? Could we have this?" Um, so that's a very interesting approach that you guys have. Because yeah. purely selfish, <laughs> <laughs> I quite like it though. I quite like it. <laughs> How do you guys find uh, making those fifteen minute edits? Is that like that's a big. A, like a big order. Like I, we offer yeah. that, but it's an add on, but it's a, it's a creative feat to put one of those together. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not, we're not cheap for a supplier over here. Yeah. I mean, we could always charge more, I suppose, as any, um, creative supplier could for weddings, but, um, mm. yeah. yeah, it's, it's not easy, but having like, tr- if we were to try and get it down to a five minute edit, mm. it'd be even harder. Yeah, so that having that sense, extra time to know that you can sort of work with the flow of the, the story and the pacing and stuff mm. does help a wee bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I have a really, well, both of us have a really bad habit habit of overshooting as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, I, I, I don't mind. Uh, there are some moments in our films that, you know, it's just one shot for... I, I don't know how long, but I'm 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 not afraid to just make shots linger if they need yeah. to for suspense yeah. or to make things a little bit more dramatic. Um, so yeah, yeah, having that breathing room can make all the difference too. Mm-hmm. I, the times we get to make those, I find it really actually creatively exciting. Um, <laughs> but but also just like purely <laughs> schedule wise, I'm like oh my gosh, <laughs> if I have to do too many of these, that's crazy. But maybe yeah. that's just you guys are probably the same way, but like, I don't want to rush putting one of these films together. Yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely not. Uh, I actually, I, I actually find it harder to make things a little bit tighter because that makes sense. Actually, you, yeah. you end up kind of throwing stuff away that you're like, oh, my clients aren't going to see this. 
And obviously, we don't have that longer film with everything in it. So they actually, yeah. like, when it goes onto the cutting floor, they won't see it. Right. So that's interesting. Those two approaches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. it's tricky. And that's just all we've ever done. Maybe I should try what you guys are doing, but... um Right no, now, it's, it's, it's too stressful. It's too stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Live a long and happy life, sir. Please. <laughs> Deal. Deal. <laughs> let's let's touch on Kit for a little bit, because okay, assuming from your sort of message that you put out there and being story driven films, I assume mm. even though you do some YouTube videos on equipment, I'm assuming that the equipment's not as important to you. And do you take more of a minimal approach to what you take to a wedding? Very much so. Yeah. Like gear is fun for sure, but it's more what it allows me to do. Like the reason I was so excited about the R5 when it came out was just because it had, it was the first Canon camera with IBIS. So I was like, oh great, I can get rid of that monopod, which is huge. (laughs) I just don't love lugging that around and looking like Gandalf all day. So I'm pretty stoked to be able to just... To just uh, have the camera on me and and then C70 similarly, because before the C70, we got um, we were on C200s and um, a beautiful camera, but a little bulky for weddings. So just the size thing was great. Um, But overall, yeah, we we do focus on being uh, as minimal as possible, especially in the last couple of years. Just maybe we're just getting older, but I uh, we stripped down to just, you know, one camera bag, one tripod bag. Um, no gimbal, no stabilizer, just like tripods and, you know, a monopod if we need it for ceremonies. Mm. That's kind of it. I absolutely love that. I have this feeling that like a lot of videographers, a lot of filmmakers or videographers, however you describe yourself, listeners, a lot Mm. of them, they want to have every angle covered, you know? Yeah. Like there's a back angle and a angle to the left, angle to the right, angle at the back. Oh, they got a GoPro somewhere. Like I, I, yeah. I just feel like it's just, I, I don't know what their approach is. Is it a safety? Is it something else? But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I've seen that too. And I've been tempted as well because there is a convenience that comes with not having to worry about certain angles or moments. But then I sometimes come back to thinking, at least I tell myself this, if you if you document every single thing, first of all, that's making a lot more edit or uh, edit time for you later, which is not (laughs) easy to sustain. But also, when does it essentially when is it just then journalism uh, instead of making creative choices as like a filmmaker? So I've tried to try to take that approach and tell myself anyway to be like, hey, Mm. it's it's kind of important what you are not deciding to show just as much as it is what you are deciding to show and, and pushing myself to make choices and not just take the safe approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a good sort of view to put on it. Mm-hmm. I feel At least like that's what I tell myself. <laughs> I feel like mo- most filmmakers start off thinking want to buy all the toys and get all the gear, but then it's like a rite of passage after a few years, they go, oh, this is too much work carrying all this stuff. And then they so true. learn to be more creative with it and they lose gear and that's when you get down to that one bag, yeah. one tripod bag sort of set up. And it, yeah. it just feels it's, so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, so freeing. And I, I don't want I, I to appear like we're dissing the workflow of other people. But when I, when I, I personally, when I, oh God, when, <laughs> I just, I see, <laughs> when I see the, the trolleys full of gear and they're like, look at all the stuff I've got. And I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, you cannot do elopements with that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? seriously. If you are anywhere without a perfectly paved path, you're screwed. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I think that was like we were kind of bad for that right at the right at the beginning when we started buying all the kits and loads of lenses. But you know, moving into elopements and realizing that we're not getting any younger. This yeah. this equipment is heavy. It's heavy glass. It's drones. Uh, yeah, and obviously so drones have gotten smaller, which is lovely. But, yeah, but um, every every piece, every item just makes it that much harder and, and might take away from a shot. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's so much nicer. And I think it is kind of a rite of passage once you've been doing it long enough and, yeah. and uh, have your priorities kind of shift, especially in what you're making. Um, yeah. But I, we were the same way. We were, even up until, yeah, like three years ago, we were bad. We would have a big two-handed gimbal that, you know, the Ronin, the Ronin M, which you couldn't, uh, yeah. like, you couldn't sit it, sit it down. You'd have to bring a stand along. Mm-hmm. It was this. Mm-hmm. It was a, a very unwise purchase. <laughs> <laughs> that and like a big drone carrying case, two camera bags, tripod oh, yeah. bag, lights. What was, the whole what was deal. the drone you had with the with the big? Uh, case? The first one. It wasn't even at the time. It was small, but the oh, was it the oh shoot? What well, it was the one right before the Mavic that was still in like the cooler carrying case, the white. Uh, oh, been the, the fan is that phantom? Uh, no, no, phantom, Spiral. yeah. Oh, was it phantom? phantom okay. The Phantom yeah. Four, yeah. The Phantom Four, yeah. I remember that. Um, yeah. I, well, we we small. also had the the big drone. We had the, uh, the Inspire. The so Inspire it was even bigger. Yeah. Oh goodness, guys! Like, <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. We uh, we hiked up when we we so we have a promo video for ourselves when we were doing it. We went up the sky and then came back down and went up a a glen or. I know it was a very long road to get to this waterfall and we had to hike all the way up. There wasn't a path and this hill was just completely waterlogged. It was horrible, midges everywhere. And we were carrying this huge big drone up and it was just one of the worst moments of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like it, dude. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Um, Actually talk. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask a little bit of a, a personal question, not a personal question, uh, uh, a question that I've kind of wanted to know. It's a bit off topic. Uh, it rains a lot in Scotland. The Canon C70, what's it like in the rain? Ooh, thankfully I haven't had to encounter that all that much yet. But it is not, um, from what I've read, it is not um, weather sealed like the DSLR bodies or mirrorless bodies. So yeah. um, if it's anything like the C200, which it was, you know, I didn't have to feel too concerned in the rain, but... Um, I definitely won't stay out in the rain long with it. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I yeah. thought. Yeah. The reason I haven't gone the C70. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Seriously, you guys run in the rain a lot. I love that though. Yeah. Like, I like yeah. that you guys embrace it. Some of your films are like extra magical just because of the the rain and people embracing it. Yes. You know what? I I think when a couple embrace it, like we're kind of used to it, like being out in the rain mm. and, and stuff. But yeah, when when a couple maybe they had envisaged their day on this lovely sunny hill or whatever but you know when you see a bride in the morning getting on her her uh, her hiking boots and the weather yeah. outside is forecast rain and they're they're ready to go for it and they've got that energy i'm like yes let's go <laughs> let's bring it yeah awesome. yeah seriously so good <laughs> um so what's your approach to working alongside other photographers then because again on social media i see a lot of Oh, this this photographer got in my shot, and this videographer got in my shot, and like, are you are you good with your communication? Are you nice and friendly? Yeah, we like 
kind of our unofficial rule between us is kill them with kindness. Like we yes. want to make sure that no matter what, whether for some reason we do something wrong, uh, there that upsets them, which I, I can count on one time that's happened, um, or one hand. Um, yeah, we just want to make sure that they walk away from the wedding being like, those guys are amazing. And early on, it was a big business decision too, because, you know, similar to what you guys were saying earlier, our, the photo community, at least locally here, is really great. And there's so much talent. There's less video. Um, and obviously, we're not working with other videographers. We're working with photographers all the time. So making sure we stay on their good side was a good business decision. But also, it came pretty naturally to us. So we're... we're um, pretty relaxed we're not directing moments so we always tell them like hey like portrait time's your time we're going to be there for in between moments but don't stress about uh, saving time for us unless we have arranged something beforehand with a couple and um and yeah we just kind of hang out and we try to make their job easier and uh just add to whatever they're doing i honestly i feel like that is such an awesome approach to this. I mm. honestly feel like it's one of the biggest issues that you know teams have on a wedding, or, or or that I see on social media. Because I've we've never like that's the same approach with us. We're very mm. friendly. You know, I always say in the morning, I'm like, hey, by the way, if ever we're in the shot or you want us to move, just hand gestures. You can call me anything you want. You don't need to remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, they're like, "Oh, same here," and you know, it's always it's always friendly and lovely, and yeah, yeah. You, you I just, feel like it it's not, works, yeah, and I feel like it's not that hard. So I hear all these horror stories both ways, like you were saying. Of and even friends of ours will get texts randomly on on wedding days, being like, "This guy's doing this. Can you believe it?" For a videographer, and I can't, uh, I can't believe it. I don't know why people aren't. Uh, just better humans forget about coworkers. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> that, I, I could dick. do a. I could do a whole talk, and that would be the title. Just don't yeah. be a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna do another Q and A reminder just before we um start getting on to, you know, talking about how you do what you do and Sounds talk good. about how you, your approach to shooting and stuff. Um, yes, cool. thank you for joining us on Clubhouse. Awesome. If you're not a Clubhouse listener. Um, and you're listening to this in the future. I'm past Simon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come and join us on Patreon because uh, all of our bonus Q&A sections from our, all of our podcasts are there. And yeah, we just have a, a, a good lot of fun. You can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate. Link is in the show notes. Enough with me gabbling on. Hit that button, Greg. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. I'm going to be real for a minute. Now that all the coffees drank, 
I'm very sad. We need to make double the amount, Greg. So that was we- a good <laughs> coffee, though. I do like Kobadaya coffee. It's always good. You know. Um, let's talk about how you do what you do, McLean. All right. I turn the camera on. That's step one. <laughs> Have you ever forgotten to turn the camera on or forgotten uh, to hit the record button? I haven't forgotten, but mistakenly thought it was rolling when it wasn't, which I'm sure we've all run into. But that oh, is yes. one of yeah. the worst feelings when you look down and you thought you turned it off and now it's recording. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thankfully, never crucial, crucial moments. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gotten oh. yourself into like a cycle of turning it on when you're turning it off? Oh, the worst. Like, it's so always, like yeah. you'll have like three walking shots of just your feet and you're like, oh, for God's sake. Honestly. Yes. <laughs> And you always, yeah, find it in the edit. And I'm just like, what was this guy thinking? And then I also think, what what shots, like, were they any good that I uh, could have had? Yeah. It's like, how long was I doing that for? What did I miss? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How was I not paying attention? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, obviously, like you mentioned, you shoot with Aaron. Um, Yes. In fact, I'm trying to remember a YouTube video. Um, You're looking back at your old films and... (laughs) I'm pretty sure Aaron's like, oh, this is when I wasn't allowed to shoot. Is that right? <laughs> Did you only said, have her? <laughs> I she said allowed. Oh, I think what she meant was I was a bit more of a control freak at that time and I, she wasn't allowed to shoot the bridal prep because <laughs> I wanted to, <laughs> selfishly. <laughs> that oh, wedding so too, that was, with a, that was for a friend. So it was, uh, yeah. it, that was maybe part of it as well that i thought <laughs> the friend would feel more comfortable with me but yeah yeah fair enough fair <laughs> enough uh let's talk about your roles then okay what roles as a duo do you have on a wedding day um well i we don't like to necessarily we do think of it between uh between us that like i'm kind of the lead shooter and aaron is uh supporting me but also she's like the lead interactor she's going to be the one that's uh, making sure um, that the couple feel relaxed and calm when we're shooting together and vendors and all that. She'll be the one making friends where I can be focusing on the actual uh, technical stuff of that, that we need to handle, be it setting up audio or setting up camera angles or this or that. So that, at least on the wedding day, that's primarily what we do. Um, we do shoot separately during getting ready time. And, and so Aaron's obviously leading her own time there, but primarily I'm kind of the technical um, lead and she's yeah. the, basically she's all the charm and personality and, <laughs> and also a killer shooter. <laughs> I don't, That's I don't think it. anyone's described it in that sort of way before of how they break the roles down. It's usually like lead shooter and sort of second shooter, but describing it as like, the interactor or person who's communicating this. Mm. I don't think anyone's described it like that. Uh, Although there are yeah. some photographers that I see that do shoot like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think yes. they would talk of it in that sense. They wouldn't realize mm-hmm. that's what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we just found that kind of approach worked for us. And uh, especially I do 90% of the editing. Aaron will have sessions with me and sit down and, and help me after I've uh, done a lot of the decision-making, but she'll help clarify things for me. But, so since that's the case, I you know I'm when I'm shooting, I'm thinking about the edit a lot. So it just yeah. made sense to kind of do things that way. Yeah, and on a wedding day when you are shooting, what is important to you? What are you thinking about to focus on 
with that mm. sort of edit in mind, I guess? Um, I'm thinking a lot about uh, people, characters, um, of course, certain, you know, boring things like getting good establishing shots and, and B-roll moments. But I'm a whole lot less about details. And I really do try to think of the wedding as, oh, this is just the location. This isn't the event. This isn't why I'm here. It's I'm telling the story of these two people. So um, I'm very much trying to capture anything that speaks to them as people or um, or if I remember something from the vows that were said earlier in the day, I'll be trying to, you know, sometimes like at a reception, they'll have photos set up uh, at like a like a whatchamacallit uh, thank you uh, card station with a guest book. Yeah, and then they'll have photos oh, yeah. of the couple and I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to look for a photo that speaks to something they said earlier. And basically, I'm always just trying to hunt down story relevant things and uh-huh. make sure those are captured. Do you do you still capture the details of like how the tables are laid out and all that kind of stuff? If there's time, I will um, partly okay. to just look busy, but also <laughs> to make sure <laughs> make sure that if they ask for it, I have it. I own, I can count on yeah one hand using those shots um, times where I've done that, but mm-hmm. most of the time it's. If I'm going to capture a scene with details, I want to see the details being used for the most part. Um, So like guests actually sitting at these tables enjoying themselves or if something is referenced specifically that that will be handy to have in the story, I'll make sure to capture a detail shot of that. Mm. I suppose that is the not the benefit of working alongside a photographer, but it's never the case or it's rarely the case that for us, for example, that we're just shooting a wedding video and there's not a photographer there. Yeah. Is there always a, is that the kind of the same as, as yourself? Yeah, I think we've shot, yeah, we've shot maybe two events where there haven't been a photographer there and it felt very strange. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) this. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Kind of puts a little little bit more pressure on you. You're like, oh my God. It's so true. Yeah, (laughs) because you're right. It does, having the photographer there, I usually tell couples, I want them to know this before so they don't expect uh, their film to have a ton of detail shots. But I always say like oh, the photographer is going to do a way better job and it's going to be something you'll actually look at. Whereas if you have a frozen shot of flowers in your film, likely it's not going to be this wow factor or something you yes. really, really need or want. Exactly. Yeah. The details don't have any kind of emotion to them, really, do they? There's not For like the a, most part. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, for the most part. <laughs> like, it yeah. could be a really important, like, brooch or, or, or something. Something yeah. to tie into a speech that they're talking about or something. But, yeah. but that's yeah, definitely the, the minority part, like, of the time. Like, it can be great, especially for... Because it is a an extension of the couple's taste. So that's important mm-hmm. to definitely make sure it's captured. But as far as, yeah, solo shots of things, I just... I don't know, personally, when I see it in my own edits, I'm just like, this kind of slows things down or... Um, yeah. I don't know, it rarely adds to things, uh, but I do sometimes capture them for sure, but I, yeah. I rarely use them. Or if they've, if they've ordered a doc edit and there's time, I'm like, well, for the doc edit, they'd probably like to see their whole reception space and that sort of thing, but mm. rare. Yeah. So talking about the story of the wedding then, I'm going to sort of play dumb with this question. <laughs> isn't the story of a wedding, isn't the day as a whole the story anyway like there's a couple they get married and then they sort of go on with their life sort of thing is that not a story in its own (laughs) 
Uh, it is. Uh, it's a pretty dry one, if you ask me. <laughs> or it can be. It has the potential to be. Um, I Because we kind of went on, as mentioned some of this in our Calibrate talk, but um, the wedding is just the setting and the the story we have this unique situation with weddings where story um the the ending is already known like if you're watching a wedding film presumably they're getting married and they are staying together like there's gonna be there's gonna be a happy ending there's you know the they lived happily ever after so it becomes much more uh important and interesting to see how they fell in love how they got to that day and to reveal who they are as people. Um, that, like when I stick around watching uh, our own work back or work of others that I admire, I'm just so fascinated to see who these people are and what they like and what, what made them fall in love. And that for me is, at least that's what keeps me creatively excited too. I, I really enjoy that part. Yeah. There's a challenge for all of you filmmakers out there to make a wedding film with an ambiguous ending. <laughs> <laughs> an Inception style ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Do you? And right before they say I do, cut away to black. I like it. <laughs> oh my god! I'm actually, I actually might try and edit oh, an old Simon, film like that. Oh, sorry. Do, that. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do oh, it, man. Sometimes I get crazy with my edits. Honestly, uh, I, well, you know what? Let's let's talk about some of those editing paths because, um, yeah, you did mention that in your workshop, so. Um, the narrative structure, like, are there many that people can, can use? I hear you. you, Yeah. For example, like if I'm, I always quite like to go a little bit circular, Mm. um, and I'll maybe like end, I'll, I'll, I'll start and end, um, at a kind of similar point. Yeah. I've done the same. But yeah. Okay. What other paths can people do? Can can people use? Yeah, the different types. I don't have them all in front of me. I always forget a few of them, but they're all. Yeah, they're kind of talking about the different way a story arc can go, and circular being one of them, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and then linear, nonlinear. Um, uh, and there's a couple others, but I find myself like I feel like when most videographers uh, get started in weddings, linear seems to be the the simplest approach. And it's still a very effective, um, but can be creatively a bit boring. And there could be deeper options to explore in non-linear or circular. Um, but yeah, linear just being telling the story from, you know, starting from getting ready through to the dancing at the end. There's nothing wrong with it, but um, mm-hmm. it's cool to explore um, like for circular. I've done the same thing that you were kind of describing. Maybe we open on some moments from the first look and then uh, mm-hmm. Cut away to kind of build some intrigue and reveal more of who these characters are, and then coming back to it later can be so much more impactful than just like, okay, first look, it's happening in the middle of the film, and we're done and moving on. Or, you yeah. know, I I try to look at um, what was the kind of emotional climax of the day, and then build the the narrative around that. And mm-hmm. often that means visiting it a couple times in short short ways, like touching on it earlier in the film, and then having the payoff of it later. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so those, those are things I, I feel like editing is kind of, it's the hardest time because it's like, it's basically you're writing the wedding film. I feel like you have, yes, yes you're editing, but you are also kind of writing because it is a mm-hmm. documentary of sorts. So, um, that's where you get to play with all that, those narrative options. What is your style of shooting then? Do you 
do you just let things happen and document them? Or are you taking a bit more of direction at any point in the day? Uh, most of the time we're directing less than we're just letting things unfold naturally. Um, if couples like the reason we would do that is to make sure people are relaxed, but sometimes you get couples that are less relaxed. If you do that, they'll be, they'll be kind of standing around like, please tell me to do something. And then when, in that case, <laughs> then we, we will step in and do that or the photographer might. And, but that's usually only during like portrait time. Um, yep. But the rest of the day, the most we would dictate is like, hey, can we do thing? Can we have this event happen here? And other than that, we're just planning ahead and, and planning where we want to be to capture it. Um, just because even for guests, too, if they're involved, if, if it's too rigid, they are a bit too aware of cameras and we find it produces a bit more stale footage. Yes. Generally. Yeah, I completely get that. I find mm-hmm. that's, that that's one of our jobs on the day is to appear like a normal person instead of just a yeah. camera person. I yeah. That's like one of our challenges on the day is like, okay, we've got to make sure that we're not just, hey, the camera guy. Or, or, like, so and if true. we, like, sometimes we're having bad days. We're having, we, we, we will have a bad day and that won't be the priority because maybe we've run out of time or, or, or you know, we've, we've started off wrong or things in the morning are just a little bit crazy. And then you do feel like at the early, early hours, just after the ceremony that people are like looking at you and you're, they're not quite sure. Are you a photographer? <laughs> they're, they're doing, they're doing that thing where they, they go, they, they pose for a photograph and they're like, yay. You're yeah. Like, ah, sorry, it's video. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like, oh, every <laughs> wedding. It's so true. And like, and then I always crack the same joke. Like, unless you want like a Harry Potter photo, don't, don't uh, smile at me <laughs> always and it's a dad yeah. joke and i'm proud of it uh, absolutely and i'm gonna steal that that's fantastic you should <laughs> yeah it's true do what do you guys find for yourselves because especially you do a lot of elopements which are stunning and i always wonder like mm-hmm. uh, for elopement settings you know there's less to kind of fall back into letting things unfold naturally because it is yeah. often just the couple and you and the photographer do you find yourself yeah. directing a fair bit um, so what usually happens is like, we'll let, uh, yeah, take, take the first look, for example, right? So mm. we'll work with alongside the photographer to put the couple in a location and everything will just play out naturally how it plays out. Mm. And then once it's happened, if there's enough time, that's when we go in and we shoot kind of the same thing so the groom waiting facing away from the bride and the bride walking from behind and at that point we are like i'm 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 thinking of the edit i'm thinking i i don't want to show i don't want i don't really want to show full bodies here i want to kind of keep it to the backs of people's heads or i want to keep it to details so that i can make this moment last a little bit longer in the yeah. edit. So I'll focus on the feet moving or, or grass swaying while the bride's walking out of focus in the background or, and totally. again, like I'll do that thing in the edit where, you know, I'll start with those moments with those detail shots. And mm. the last thing you'll see of that will be the actual genuine moment yeah, of how they actually feel. Um, That's good. That's setting the scene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Throughout most of the day, a lot of it is just yeah setting up a scene for the couple and just letting them be themselves in that sort of moment. 
Mm. And then actually a lot of the best stuff comes from the documentary aspect of getting to that location. Yes. Mm. So like the walk yeah. there on the mm-hmm. hike, it's like most of the good stuff comes there and that is just documenting it as they're going. Yep. Totally. Yeah, I agree. We've, we've had a, a similar thing where on our way to a first look and like the bride and groom are already mic'd up separately and they'll say some perfect things and we're just capturing them and it helps just build that anticipation and then combine that like what you were saying, if you're able to get shots like of details, be it, you know, their footsteps walking and all that, it just helps so much in the edit to make the audience feel what the couple are likely feeling of like the excitement and the jitters of this first look moment. Um, yeah. that can be so impactful. And that's where I kind of feel like if couples are down and, and are open to have those kind of moments captured after the actual moment takes place, it can just make a world of a difference. Yeah. But for listeners out there, never do that stuff. Never do the extra stuff before the genuine moment. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Cause it, it, it wouldn't work. No. Um, just in, just in <laughs> case, you know, someone's new and they want to try this kind of stuff and, yeah, make sure the genuine moment has happened and then you can add on with the the nice slow-mo shots or whatever it is. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah. Have, have you got any tips for sort of capturing the mundane moments? So like cocktail hour where there's, there's not much exciting happening, mm. but you want to try and sort of make it more creative and make it more interesting? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, for cocktail hour, stuff like that, I'm taking that opportunity most of the time to capture just faces enjoying themselves. I just want to see family and, and close friends and people that will could play a larger part in the film um, as a character, making sure that we get some moments of them having a good time. So I'm usually just listening for laughs because we... Um, we don't have like the opportunity like photographers where during a speech you... Uh, if there's a funny speech or an emotional speech, often the photographers are just looking around at guests' reactions and and trying to snipe mm-hmm. some shots like that. Um, I have started kind of carrying a camera on me uh, while I'm manning a tripod. I'll do the same and try and get some people reacting, uh, just handheld. But I find that cocktail hour can be really good for getting those kinds of moments of people just enjoying themselves. Um, as far as keeping things interesting, I find if you are able to capture things uh, with a sequence in mind, it helps a whole lot more. Just getting a, a medium or a wide of things happening over and over can get a bit mundane. But if you can capture some, you know, the bartender grabbing some ice and throwing it in a cup and and then the next shot is him pouring the drink close up and maybe you see it slow-mo, just kind of that's where you can kind of flex your montage muscle a bit and and uh, <laughs> yeah. build something that's a bit more visually interesting. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't really mean anything in the final piece, then I would say just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So ultimately, so obviously you're you're shooting moments with that sort of different focal length in mind or different sort of wide, medium, tight. But do you do you and Erin both tend to stay on the same focal length? And is, do they differ for most of the day? Um, good question. Yeah, typically at moments like they do differ unless we're shooting like coverage together, say the, you know, vows or something. Um, but yeah, usually Erin will find herself on a longer lens, um, uh, being able to sit back from a bit further away and capture moments, be it slow-mo or not. And then I'm usually uh, handheld uh, on a medium, like a 50 or something, trying to get a bit tighter. 
uh, like just get closer to the subjects. But yeah, like cocktail hour, we don't usually shoot it together. Usually just one of us does. Um, so we'll try and get a variety of focal lengths uh, separately mm-hmm. like that. But what's the other person doing while they're while the drinks reception is happening? Usually setting up uh, audio for the reception, making sure the uh, talking with the DJ and all that kind of thing. Just because I don't know. It, maybe it's just a, a Vancouver thing, but a lot of weddings, like there isn't a whole lot of time between the ceremony and reception. So it's kind of mm-hmm. a, a mad dash to make sure the audio is all set up. Yeah. I, I find that probably audio is the most stressful element. So I actually, I, so t- talk about roles. I, I give that role to Greg. Nice. Uh, Smart. While I go and do the drinks reception. And when he's done, if he feels to, you know, if he feels like he wants to put on a long lens or, you know, get get more B-roll, then um, then he'll do that. Yeah, but, um, I think for us, it's one of the more stressful elements is the audio because we put a lot of focus on getting good audio and same. good audio that we're going to use. Mm. Yeah. I think if it was someone who was a bit more blasé about the quality or something, then maybe it wouldn't be a stressful element, but... Yeah, that's we can't can't settle for less quality audio. (laughs) Yeah, and especially that's what your couples are expecting. That pressure is extra to uh, make sure you deliver. I know the feeling for sure. And I often daydream of like, what if I didn't? What if I didn't have to worry about audio and I could just roll up and shoot? And uh, it's a fantasy I'll never get to uh, see the reality (laughs) of. But similar with like (laughs) ceremonies, like I don't know if you guys see this, but photographers often have the benefit of like they can show up. 30 seconds before the ceremony starting and be ready to go pretty <laughs> yeah. much. And I'm there sweating my face off trying to get things set up to make sure mm. I can just capture things normally. Yeah. <sighs> it's, it's when, for me, it's when you have to leave the preps early to get to a church that's a little bit further away to then yes. set up. And ho- yeah. you're hoping that the church doors are open and, you know, the yep. place is there to let you in. And oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I had a first happen this year. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, No, 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 it's fine. I was just going to say that we had a first this, like, I don't know, two months ago, where that exact situation happened. I am arrived at the church. I'm stressing. It's a big Catholic mass, so I I know I better make sure I have everything ready to go. And uh, the, the father did not arrive. And this couple did not have a planner, and they didn't know he wasn't there yet. So they just started the ceremony themselves. They did the aisle walks and I'm like holding my microphone, waiting like my lav mic and trying to wait for this guy to show up. But at the same time, I'm like, I needed to shoot this because all of a sudden the aisle walks happening. Long story short, they got to the top of the aisle and they just stood there and they're like, uh, where's father? I don't remember his name. And they had to wait another 10 minutes and they were just hanging out. So thankfully, right when he showed up, I saw him and <laughs> threw the mic on him. But oh my gosh, yeah. that was stressful. Oh my God. I'm, I'm actually sweating here just thinking about it. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. I mean, I I understand like th- making a wedding film and doing the photography from, for, from a wedding, for a wedding. They are they are very different, and they do have their pros and cons. But for us, audio is the hardest. But yeah. I am very happy that we don't have to do the group photos. I so feel the I, exact same way. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Yeah. You can have that photographers. That's 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 fine. I know. Every um, time that starts, I always just go to the photographers. I'm like, I don't envy you right now. Like this is not. <laughs> yeah. This is not fun. 
Especially when they, they pull out this like four page list of yeah. oh groups and you're like, oh my goodness. It's a full event. Like have fu- have fun. Yeah. I'm, Enjoy. Yeah, I'll just be over here getting myself a drink of Coke. <laughs> yes. So, <true>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've captured all your content from a wedding day and you've brought it into your editing suite. Then what? Usually, yeah. So I'll, I'll sit down. I'll have a slight moment of like just curiosity of like, where's this going to go? And I try to start every film because it can be so daunting. It's similar to writing and looking at a blank sheet of paper. Like what, how, where do I start? I try to just start with a bunch of kind of the mundane things, which I'm sure you guys uh, are doing as well. Just syncing mm-hmm. things up and uh, organizing and then doing the doc edits And then I'm mainly just listening and uh, I'm trying to remember how the day felt, um, editing the doc moments and trying to find peak emotional moments that either, yeah, are super emotional or reveal stuff about them as people or like a retelling of a story of how they met and that sort of thing. Um, So a lot of listening and and then kind of the song search begins. Um, And then those two things combined kind of help direct me as far as how the narrative is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. but that can take days <laughs> yeah um, I kind of jumped to the end there with the editing because that really is the end process isn't it once you start kind of pulling stuff together of all the stuff you've caught but yeah. it kind of it does all start with the pre-production so I probably should have asked you about your pre-production before we jumping straight straight to the end. Sure. But I like to ask my questions. We're, we're going like for a non-linear editing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah, right. There you go. It's all coming together. Um, yeah. So what kind of pre-production work do you do? Do you do questionnaires or meet your couples, FaceTime? Like, yeah. Give us, uh, give us the rundown. A bit of both. So... Uh, obviously pre-COVID, actually pre-children, we would meet in person. Now it's a lot less easy to do that. But um, we definitely like to meet uh, a couple times before the wedding day, be it in person or on Zoom. And then uh, we do have a questionnaire, but we have found over time that we want to kind of follow the couple's lead in terms of, like, we don't want to force a friendship if they're kind of just like, hey, like, we're we're going to hang for sure and we're uh, this is fun. But if they're like, hey, guys, like you're kind of getting creepy with how much you want to hang out with us, then we'll kind (laughs) of we'll kind of sit back a bit and and make sure that we don't overwhelm them. But so a questionnaire and hanging and then more hanging if they are uh, into it. But sometimes there is, I think, such thing as too much pre-production because we don't want to be rigid Mm. in our uh, approach. So we try to do uh, be prepared and then let things happen and, and experience the day. Yeah. I feel like back in the day when we started to introduce questionnaires into our workflow for pre-production, mm. that we were we were very much doing that, asking yeah. too many questions that aren't they, they were, yeah they, they weren't exactly relative to what was gonna be going into the edit. You don't yeah. want to create too much work for the couple. Yeah. yeah, you don't totally. want it to seem strenuous for them. Mm. So mm-hmm. we have whittled it. We have whittled it down. I've, I mean, there is a little bit of advantage um, when you do ask a little bit more information from your couples. Is that you know, and and if people out there struggle with uh, writing blogs, that you can pretty much just get your couple to write a short blog in your questionnaire. 
Yeah. I can't true. remember where, where we learned that. We learned that from someone. Long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just use their answers to be the, the copy yeah. of the blog. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can be a bit dry, so it's not like a copy and paste, but, right. you know, you, you use it up and suddenly, yay, blog. Yeah, totally. I remember that happening to us for our wedding and then being like, oh, interesting. We Our photographer <laughs> did that uh, in her questionnaire and I was like, oh, this is oh. clever. Well, what was your impression of it then from the other side? Because I'm saying it's a good idea from our point of view. Right. Ah, interesting. Um, I remember it being like cool, but also uh, kind of, yeah, tedious. I, it was long. It was multiple pages. And I was like, okay, I better... Um, Let's sit down and set aside an evening to do this. So oh, that damn. that's where that balance comes in for sure. Is like, yeah, like you guys said, you yeah. don't want to overwhelm them. Yeah. As you sort of say, there's there's benefits to having a lot of information and being prepared. But if you're over prepared and you've got a sort of preconceived idea of what's gonna happen mm. and yeah. it doesn't happen, that could throw you off on the day. A hundred percent. Yeah. Very true. And mm. then the there is the added benefit now too of like social media being so normal that, hey, just follow them on Instagram and just be uh, a normal human interacting with them or just following along on what they put out there. That can reveal a whole lot. That is a nice thing that they don't have to put extra work into. It's just naturally happening anyway. And that can like Mm -hmm. that has actually revealed a lot of things for us uh, in terms of how or what we're going to focus on for the story, because, you know, couples reveal what's important to them on their (laughs) Instagram accounts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. I'm probably not on social media enough as a person. Mm, but um, that's good though. Like, <laughs> like in the pre-production stages, I mean, there's obviously once you shoot, and it, I feel like it tends to happen a little bit more with elements because you're with the couple and the mm. photographer, and you know maybe the celebrant. That's it, and that's you're the whole day in the hills. You get to know each other a little bit better. So I tend to have. I, I tend to continue that relationship after. Mm. Uh, but doing it before is pretty interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, we, we've we recently added, like, what's your Instagram handle to our inquiry form? And when people um, include it, we kind of feel like, okay, that's an invitation to if this relationship continues, like, we can interact with them there. And that's, like, a friendly distance that's not overwhelming. And um, yeah, definitely helps leading up to the day. But even like you said, after the day, uh, I still find it quite helpful. Um, mm-hmm. just to go back and be I mean, able to reference. Yeah, that's actually great that you put that in, in your questionnaire because it kind of is like, hey, we're going to add you yeah. instead of like, hey, the videographer has just added me on Instagram. Is that weird? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of permission ask. Yeah. <laughs> instead yeah. of just, hey, I creeped you and I found you and I'm now following your life. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so how, how does that information for you translate into how you shoot and edit then um usually honestly it's a big part of like getting to know if they include their friends uh like close friends on the instagram account it's kind of like oh i can kind of learn some uh, secondary characters here that might be important like perhaps there's a maid of honor that makes an appearance on the instagram uh that i maybe find out is the maid of honor and then I don't know, I have a heads up of who that person is and maybe I'm able to get some extra shots from the morning instead of at the reception when I find out uh, that she's giving a speech or something like that. Um, it doesn't yeah. always have a huge effect. I'd say more often than not, the effect is after the fact. 
Um, mm-hmm. For example, we shot a wedding last summer where the couple were long distance for a while. And I actually ended up referencing their Instagram page for the, like in their film. I just straight up had screen uh, captures of her Instagram mm-hmm. page. And actually it added a whole lot of depth to the film because he, um, the story was mainly him saying he'd wait for her, uh, her to come back from Australia where she was living for a year. And there was all these very uniquely Australian photos that, yeah, you could have, I could have just asked for the photos themselves and that would have been pretty cool. But to see it on Instagram, I don't know, it just made it feel that much more real. So sometimes I enjoy doing that sort of thing. You know, that's one thing you guys do that I actually love and I don't see a lot of is using footage that you didn't capture. Yeah. You know, your like old footage or like you said, the Instagram page, like what made you do that? Cause that's so cool. Yeah. I, I think it kind of stemmed from like back in the day, starting in wedding videos, offering like slideshow uh, editing for couples. I don't know if you guys ever did that, but that was <laughs> oh, such a yeah. thing for a time. And I remember being like, all right, this is just a good way to like, this is a good business offering. Um, even though it wasn't really, but it was, uh, it was such a cool way to see into their lives and their past. And so much of a wedding f- uh, day and uh, is like an occult, uh, kind of the climax or a peak of this relationship. And so much of the story isn't that day and it's what's leading up to it. So we kind of thought, Hey, if we can reference old footage, old videos, old photos, um, that can add a whole huge layer of depth and have the added benefit of something like we didn't have to capture ourselves. And (laughs) just practically speaking, that's really handy. (laughs) So when, when people are willing to share that and it can add something, yeah, we love it. Yeah. That's so cool. We've done that on occasion. In fact, I think one of your films years ago inspired me to actually do it. Oh, no way. So, yeah, it turned out pretty cool. Well, you're welcome. Uh, I'm just kidding. I stole I know, it from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> actually, a little long distance. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. They do it really yes. well. They are they like the kings do it, of it. And actually, I think I discovered you from looking at their films somehow. Oh, no way. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea why. Something inspired me to go out and 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 look for um, a whole bunch of um, you know how like how people approach their their wedding edits and and you guys oh. came up and I've always kind of put you guys in my head as you know together for some oh, reason. Wow. That's, that's so awesome. funny. That's really funny. I'm yeah, kind of I, weird. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. No, that's I'm honored. <laughs> they are amazing. So that's cool to be paired with them. Yeah. So earlier you said. You touched on your editing workflow. So, mm. what? How do, how does your sort of edit workflow go? Like, where do you start from? I generally start. Yeah, I'll after like organizing everything. Depending on the wedding, sometimes I'll start with just pulling selects and favorites and making sure there are shots in there that I like and and that's usually just a good way to ease into an edit. I'll have a podcast on and I'll just be kind of relaxing while I'm doing it letting the day kind of affect me that way. Uh, then I'll do the doc edit because I want to hear everything back anyway. Um, and then after that, that's when I start to kind of start plopping things in like a, a sequence of, okay, what, what are some moments that I just liked? And then what are some moments that uh, from a storytelling perspective, reveal more of the character or, um, or our peak emotional moments, anything like that. And then just having those kind of all, I usually have about a, 15 to 30 minute timeline of just that kind of raw footage. Um, and then I start to whittle away. So it's kind of, it's not necessarily the most 
um, streamlined way. It's a whole lot of like, uh, like almost like sculpting and yeah, uh, that combined with a music search, then things start to become clear. And I try to let the film not like, I want it to unfold and become something that it wants to be naturally. I know that sounds like weird and far fetched, but like, I don't want to force it into being something I want. I want it to, to be what it's going to be. Um, Mm -hmm. so that I figure I find that giving it that time can help that. Yeah. That's very cool. I have a very similar approach funnily enough. Oh, nice. Where I, so we, when we have our, uh, all of our footage, we import them as sections of the day and then we eventually just dump them. We, we make the selects and then dump them into one big timeline. Yep. Totally. And then, and I, 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 this might make people cringe, but I don't multicam either. Oh, wow. I cut into the sequence. Are you guys on uh, Premiere or Final Cut or uh, Yeah, Pre- Premiere Pro. Premier okay. Pro Actually, when I was on, a, on Premiere, I did the same thing because I don't like how they handle multicams. So I, I get mm, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you using? Uh, when COVID hit, I took the time to learn Final Cut um, just because mm-hmm. I wanted the performance gains. And I wanted to not pay Adobe every month. So that was handy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And how are you finding it? Uh, I'm really liking it, actually. At first, I didn't. uh, And obviously, a similar story to a lot of editors. When it came out, I was all excited. And then the magnetic timeline thing, I wasn't thrilled about. But now I kind of love it. It takes a lot of the the technical feeling uh, of editing out, which is nice. It makes it a bit more of a joy uh, to use, but also that probably is novelty. I bet you give me another couple of years and I'll be really over it. <laughs> yeah. You touched on how your films are naturally supposed to be. Is that what you would describe as like the flow of your films? Like, is that, is that something that kind of naturally comes is the, is the flow to your films? Is that important to you? Flow for sure, uh, and tone definitely. Sometimes I have, I don't know why, but I'll have uh, certain preconceived notions before a wedding that it's going to be certain way tone wise, and then I get into the edit and try that. I'm like, the couple weren't this dramatic, and I'm trying to make it this <laughs> this emotional heavy thing. And I and then I got to remember that no, no, they're pretty relaxed and don't force the film to be one way that doesn't really reflect the couple. Um, and then same with narrative. Sometimes I'll want to be really like <laughs> just selfishly. I want to creatively be fancy and jump all over the place in time. And if it doesn't work, I got to stop forcing it. So give, yeah, yeah, that's usually the struggle. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's one of my biggest struggling points as well, because I tend to have something in my head when I, when I go to create something, I'm like trying to f- kind of shoehorn these clips into a certain way. Yeah. And then I, I watch it back. And I'm like, yeah, you spent a lot of time doing that and <laughs> it doesn't reflect the couple. Yeah, <laughs> so seriously, I'm it's terrible, hard. I'm terrible. <laughs> I, I it, feel your yeah, pain. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, and I, I find it's very hard to let it go because I spend a little bit more time than I should, uh, more time than I should. Yeah, uh, that's, that's when in review ah. I need to get strict with them and be like, nope. <laughs> I don't care how much time you spent on it. It doesn't, doesn't suit the couple. <laughs> oh, that's hard. That can, that can yeah. strain a relationship. Erin does the same. She's like, why is this here? I'm like, because it's cool and I took time. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it gets nixed pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Greg's very good at telling me that when I do that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> He's very good at that. Nice. Um, I, so going back to me being a YouTube fan of yours, 
<laughs> I remember you saying something, and I might butcher this, but you said something like, don't put a hat on a hat. <laughs> yeah. I remember that phrase, <laughs> and it was about keeping things um, simple, simplistic. That's so funny that right? you recall that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I stole that from Seth Meyers. I think it's a common like <laughs> co comedy writer term, but like I think oh, it was yeah? okay. in reference to sketches. Like, have one, you know, main thing that's happening. Don't try and do too many things at once. And so I that I took away from hearing that and thinking, yeah, I shouldn't try to make things overly complicated if it's not adding. Um, so that's a good little quote to try to remember that. Yeah. What would be an example of making things too complicated? Um, I find like, like if I'm going to try and jump around in time uh, with the edit and do this really fancy montage moment and or something, you know, like too many uh, editing conventions or something uh, that I find yeah. is like you're doing too much uh, or at least myself. Um, yeah. Usually that sort of thing or. Um, trying to feature too many moments in something like a highlight film, uh, like yeah. having multiple emotional peaks in the narrative that sometimes can be a bit, uh, it can take away from the other. Uh, I remember I did a film a while back, um, a film, the couple's name were Christina and Caleb, and it was, they're a really, really cool couple. And I had these, they were open to experimenting. And I remember on the day getting some shots near the end at sunset that I thought were just really cool and that I might be able to use in the edit. Um, sure enough, the edit comes, and there's two opportunities where I could have used those shots. Um, one was they, in their vows, they were talking about seeing each other for the first time and what they felt and how they saw each other's eyes, and that was like a big moment. And I just so happened to have these close-ups of their eyes. I was like, oh, that'll be cool to just flash those shots in when they're saying that. But then also, the groom, when he was reading the card from his bride the morning of, had a moment where he talked about, um, or where he read from her, that if he ever needs a moment uh, just to breathe, to look for her. And I had a, a close up or not a close up, uh, a single of the bride just in this tall grass area with the sun behind her looked beautiful. And she's just staring at the camera and really kind of a striking shot. And I remember at first including both moments. And that was when after watching it back, thinking back to that hat on a hat phrase, I was like, I'm doing too much. Like these are both cool moments, but having both takes away from both. I got to just yeah. stick with one. And once I did, it was hard for sure. Cause I was just so psyched on both of them, but went with one and it made the film better. I think that is why I do 15 minutes. I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> I don't have that skill. That's probably my problem. <laughs> Maybe that's what this is. <laughs> I got to do longer films. Oh uh, Yeah. When you said you, when you go, when you jump around in time, the Back to the Future's theme track, uh, theme song started playing in, in my head. <laughs> yes. It, it, it made what you were saying very entertaining from my point of view. It was great. Amazing. I <laughs> wish. dramatic. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go listen to that after. So well, good. On music, that's one of the things we get asked quite a lot is how we pick our music for our films. Oof. So what's, what's your approach to that? Oh, it's not all that exciting other than, yeah, just like, I'll, honestly, I'll, I'll play a video game and just be scrolling through music bed while I do. Uh, I'm not a big gamer, but I used to I used to skate a lot as a kid. Now there's a skater game that I'll just play and I'll just kind of it's almost like doodling. I'm just hanging out and uh, trying to listen to music that I find impactful uh, mm -hmm. and that. Yeah. So it's just kind of I, I do try to take the couple's taste into account um, if they are 
big country fans or something, I'll be like, okay, I'll search for something that has a little bit of that flair into it. Um, but for the most part, it's just finding something that uh, leaves uh, an impression. I remember a filmmaker describe his process of looking for music. I can't remember how he described it, but it, he, he took it very personally. Mm. And um, his approach was to look for tracks that would not feel like a wedding film. And this was like maybe 10 years, 10 years ago. So that it would kind of feel a little bit less like a wedding film and get to the blogs a little bit more successfully. I thought that was an interesting approach. Huh? Yeah. I, I definitely identify with trying to look for music. That's not overly wedding. Um, mm. cause there's, I feel like since the, like sites like the music bed have gotten really popular, there have been a few artists that maybe are aiming at that crowd a bit. Um, definitely. Right. And that's fine. I get it. But, uh, they can get, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't speak to me. So I, I identify with that, but the getting to blogs faster that I hadn't thought about. That's interesting view. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know if that would, if that approach would work nowadays with just so much social media. Yeah, true. Um, and so much talent. Yeah, trying to trying mm. to avoid this sort of weddingy type music is something that we do because you don't want it to like we- wedding type music that people think as stereotypical <laughs> is quite one dimensional. You don't you need that other sort of music to get more of a dynamic to the film. Yeah, so true. Yeah. yeah. Gonna see you in your white dress, baby. <laughs> oh, I know exactly. I know the song you're <laughs> referencing. That's so funny. That's <laughs> amazing. Good throwback, that one. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. If you've been in the game a while, you know what song we're talking about. <laughs> ah, good times. Oh man, good times indeed. Did you? Uh, do you ever get a client come back to you and say, oh, "Hey, we didn't like that music." It's been a while since that's happened, thankfully, but Mm -hmm. we have had that in the past and I'm, um, I understand it's music so subjective, but we Mm. have found that going away, like usually what people are turned off by in a song I can, I have found is lyrics. So sometimes if, or like the melody of the singer. So sometimes uh, if they're like, ah, we don't, we, the song is not connecting. I'll just try the instrumental version. They're like, oh, actually, no, it's awesome. <laughs> so that uh, <laughs> can be a solution. But thankfully, it's been a while. Do you yeah. guys run into that? Not too often. It's, again, it's part of our pre-production. We ask kind of music influences. Mm. Um, we actually have a wedding film out there that has been watched by our couple that I feel like is going to come back mm. with some changes uh i know it's going to be edit changes and i feel like music's gonna be one of them uh that's not because i go too it's not because i go too crazy it's just particular client slight control yeah yeah totally get that but sometimes it's hard because you do want to you want to push yourself and try something new but sometimes couples yeah understandably they're they're not looking for that so it can happen it is discouraging, yeah. but I definitely understand it. Yeah. Eh, if they want it, I'll give it to them. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, ooh, I want to talk to you about color grading because I find I have a, tr- I don't have a trouble with this. I tend to go one way and then the other. I have been, especially over the COVID period, where I was just like editing old films. I'm like, oh, this works, this works. I mean, this doesn't, ooh, trying different things and... 
Yeah. What's your approach to color grading? Oh, I've done the same thing for sure. And I'm like never satisfied fully with color. Um, but I'm trying to get better. So my approach usually is uh, not trying to do too much. I do gravitate towards kind of darker imagery. Um, and I definitely have to, uh, usually I have to just rein it in of how dark <laughs> I'm taking shots or something. Um, but yep, yeah, yeah, one. right. <laughs> and, uh, and just trying to get better at, you know, different lighting environments sometimes require different type mm-hmm. of grading or color correction. So um just getting better at that but you, i took the time over COVID to develop our own uh lut just to kind of get to a good starting point and that's actually been really helpful Ooh. and i've been enjoying having that um just in my that's, bag of tricks yeah that's very cool yeah, yeah. and it's are, are you gonna are you gonna be releasing this to the public possibly we've gotten some interest for it so i i would like to for sure if people really want to um and then but yeah that's yeah, probably hopefully when there's time in the off season and in the fall here I'll be able to put something out just as a little, little something. Okay. Yeah. So if listeners out there are listening to this in the future, go to Hello Tomorrow and get their lots. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be sweet. <laughs> Maybe when we finally do put that back on, I can hop on another quick uh, podcast with you guys and <laughs> announce it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. We'd love to... Um, yeah, get that out to all our listeners. That'd be sweet. I know you're a Disney fan, obviously. Did you ever watch Loki? Uh, we did watch Loki. Yeah, did you guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. did you, Greg? I don't. I, I, I definitely it, did, but I wasn't really paying full attention when I started it. Oh, and because of the time and different storylines, I was like. I need to start this again at some point and actually focus. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough <laughs> so one to I've watch. Watched it all <laughs> to yeah. watch that one but I, casually is tricky. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I love the color grade of that. Ooh. I love the way that they approach their scenes and yeah. So yeah. there was a, a moment where I was trying to, and I'm I'm not a master color grader. Mm. I'm not very good, but Me I neither. was trying to, um, yeah, color it in such a way. And um, I actually did. I did take some inspiration from it for nice. our most recent films. Oh, cool. Um, I do the you same thing. <laughs> I do the same oh, thing, really? though, or not with Loki, but referencing like movies and TV shows. I'm a big um, Roger Deakins fan, cinematographer, and I definitely try to. Um, I've isolate like I've brought some frames from his movies into editors and try and isolate exactly what is he doing and and uh, yeah perfect it. But it's so Ro- hard. Ro- yeah, Roger Deakins. What what did he direct? Uh, most recently, he's a uh, director of photography or a cinematographer. So he did. Um, 1917 most recently that was him um fargo the original movie no country mm. for old men um mm. yeah a lot of great coen brothers movies and yeah he's just a, a wizard yeah blade I runner still have to see that w- the re- oh yes the remake that's, that's, or, or that's where i the new one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i want to watch that that that's a color grading oh that's just beautiful isn't it it's just eye candy yeah yeah Trying to do that for a wedding, though, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> your note would be, "This is really orange. I'm not sure if I like yeah, this." I, d- I don't remember. I don't remember the sun being so, <laughs> so apocalyptic. But okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm yeah, down. all right. Um, another thing that I've been playing with is aspect ratio. Oh. Is is that something that you've thought about before? I've had this conversation with other uh, filmmakers and. It's very interesting, their approach to aspect ratio. Mm. But what's yours? 
So for a long time, for years, it was always two, three, five, always, always, always that, you know, cinemascope kind of look. And um, yeah. I do like it. And I like comp- composing for that frame, um, mm-hmm. not just slapping them on after, but actually framing with that aspect ratio in mind. Um, yeah. But then I found any indoor shooting I would do with that. It was, it was kind of limiting. Um, mm. If you were doing, you know, a big epic location, then that kind of aspect ratio I found is helpful, but there's times where it would kind of hurt the footage too, if it was all indoors. So um, I've kind of now taken the approach. It's a per shoot choice. Um, I have been shooting two to one a bit recently, which is kind of like the smart. That's that's what we're on. Oh, nice. Yeah. The kind of smartphone aspect ratio basically. Um, And uh, (laughs) I found that's a nice balance. That's now that's kind of the default unless uh, we find a, a project calls for something else. Great minds, great minds, great minds, guys. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> yeah, the the reason why we went for the aspect ratio was because, um, I, again, I, I was testing out a, a few different ones, and I felt that like we used to be super narrow. We used mm, to be three, yeah. three one. Oh one. wow! Yeah, oh, we, which is like. It, it it's something and you know when you'd go to elopements and you'd see all these giant hills around you mm. that aspect ratio just doesn't do anything for the environment right so we moved we moved uh yeah to the the normal wide cinemascope but then that was very quickly phased off to the to, to the two one just because you do want to see a little bit more height and a little bit more headroom and yeah yeah, you do, yeah. 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 Things some breathing space. Yeah. I feel yeah. like if you're shooting in like, you know, the plains of Texas or the prairies of Canada, then that wide aspect ratio really helps. So we actually did a project, uh, non wedding project out there years ago or a year ago, I think. And um, I found that aspect ratio to be like, oh, okay, this is what it was made for. But forcing it into the context of a wedding doesn't always help. Um, yes. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my uh, pleasure. And and spending all that time with us. Dude, Thank no so problem. Much. My kids are being watched. I'm just hanging out. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all we need now is a pizza. And that would, oh, that would don't tempt me. Top tier this. Don't tempt me. early in the day for pizza. <laughs> it's never too early. <laughs> um, for our listeners out there, can you tell them where to go to find you online? Yes. Uh, hellotomorrow.ca is our website. Um, and then we are at hello tmrw on instagram and if you somehow follow the real hello tomorrow on instagram hound them for me because they are not answering my dms <laughs> i want that username <laughs> but yeah hello tmrw oh, awesome <laughs> yes definitely hound them please uh and people can find us at cinematefilms.co.uk our instagram and facebook is forward slash cinematefilms um, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by cinema. As for a little as a pound, you can support the podcast, and where for the price of a coffee every month, you can get access to the Clubhouse Q&As, our roundtable discussions, and any more bonus content that you won't find anywhere else. If you don't have any money to give, that's absolutely cool. Just hit that subscribe button, and you get your usual podcast for free. Maybe just leave us a review and blah, 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 blah. maybe just leave us a review and we'll give you a shout out. However, in the meantime, enjoy your life.